Good evening, Central Park Baptist Church. Good evening to you all. How are we doing this evening? We're doing okay this evening? Amen and amen. We're excited to be here this evening. We are here to uh, hallow the name of our Lord. Amen. You know, the world, the world likes to Halloween. But we're not Halloweening. We are hallowing the name of the Lord. That's our hallow. Amen. Amen. So if you're with us uh, this evening, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 323, hymn 323, hymn 323. We'll do all verses. Verily, 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 I say unto you, verily, verily, hymn 323, hymn 323, verily, verily. Oh, what a Savior that he died for me from
glad the cold weather's almost here. Say amen. amen. I knew y'all like that. Wish we could get more rain. Amen. Amen. Me too. Me too. Don't. And uh, you wish that this coming Sunday is 23 and 23, right? Amen. Well, guess what? You don't have to wish, amen, because this Sunday is 23 and 23. Amen. amen. See there? I mean, how God works. Y'all, y'all, that was a desire of your heart. So Lord took care of that. 830 this Sunday morning, 23 uh, and 23. So please let me encourage you to please come and and uh, be a part of that and, and help us to pray and ask God to bless. And, you know, the year's not over yet, amen, and we're still praying asking God for his blessings on our church and on this ministry. So let me encourage you, you come. Even if you, uh, whether you pray out loud or whether you do not, we want you to come. There's still room. You can pray uh, here with us. Also, the following Saturday, a week from this coming Saturday, is men's prayer breakfast, amen, so please don't forget about that uh, at 8.30 as well, and then soul winning, but then this Saturday, we're going to have soul winning, amen. minus the breakfast. Amen. Well, y'all didn't say amen, <laughs> y'all should have said amen a whole lot better then, amen, so, uh, but that's this coming, uh, this coming Saturday. Also, I want to I ask you to please, if you haven't already begun, pray for uh, our Faith Promise Sunday uh, that's coming up uh, the 15th of October, along with our mission conference, the 11th, 12th, uh, 11th, 12th, 13th uh, as well, Wednesday through Friday, each night at 7 o'clock. There is a sign-up sheet out here for the meals uh, for those three nights. Uh, we're going to have uh, served meals from 530 uh, to about 6.30, so uh, please help us with that. That way, folks that are coming, they can come and eat, and we want you to come and eat. Amen. It's okay if you come and eat. The, it, the, if you don't eat, come for the fellowship, amen? So uh, let me encourage you, you be here for that, and pray for all of our missionaries. Pray for Brother Cato. Uh, he uh, contacted me the other day, and he's got to meet with a, uh, a doctor this week, this week I believe it is, on, about his gallbladder. He's been having gallbladder uh, problems, so he may have to have surgery. So uh, uh, pray for him that uh, if he if if it won't make him sick, you know, or anything like that, that uh, he can get that done. It, it, we we want him to be here for the mission conference, amen. So pray for him that uh, that will all work out and God take care of that. So. Uh, pray for him. Pray for our other missionaries that are supposed to be here uh, during that week. Going to have a good time. We always seem to have a good time that week. And if you've looked in your bulletins, have, have, have you looked in there on the faith promise that's been given to date? Have y'all noticed that? We are at $110,000 this year for faith promise missions. Uh, and that is awesome. That's over and above the goal already and we've still got uh you know four more weeks left or, uh, to go and that's not including the uh, uh the special missions giving someone asked me preacher what's the special missions giving that's if we have a someone come a missionary or a project that has come and we take up a special offering for that that's included in that special missions giving it still goes into our missions uh, but we just show that separately. So we've, uh, you have given almost $115,000 toward Faith Promise Missions. And uh, we've helped a lot of people. We've helped church planters to, uh, with, uh, uh, with their new churches. We've helped missionaries with property. Brother, um, uh, Brother Douglas uh, Marco out in the Philippines. Uh, all kinds of things that that has helped with. And you, we will never know this side of heaven the impact. Uh, that this church has been through your faith promise giving. So uh, so please, I want to encourage you, you continue to give. And we're staying with the uh, theme for our mission conference, it, uh, but we are, we are focusing on the two words on this uh, banner over here that says, I continue. Uh, you know, we, uh, let's finish strong, amen. And so uh, let me encourage you, continue. And I promise that uh, you can't outgive God. So, so look at your bulletins. A lot of things in there. There'll be a few changes this week. So, uh, pray for that. We just ordered our tickets for the sight and sound today. And uh, so, yeah, if you if if you think maybe you might go, you just need to let me know because um, it's about the deadlines. About had it. So, uh, but we want you to 
go if you'd like to, but I need to know something this week just in case we need to do something a little different on the tickets, all right? So please let me know about that, all right? Prayer request sheets, you have one of those? Everybody, anybody need one, say amen or raise your hand. That way we can know. Just keep your hand up, all right? <clears throat> let me encourage you, please continue to pray for all of those that are on our list. I'll not take... Um, all the time to go through those, but I want to encourage you to pray for all of these that are uh, on our list for their help, and uh, and I want to encourage you, remember to pray for Miss Brenda, who she's in the uh, physical therapy place for her knee replacement, keep her in your prayers, uh, if you would please, and also Miss uh, Martin, keep those two ladies in your prayers, and reach out to them this week, contact them, let them know, uh, some of our ladies went by and saw them last week, so uh, just go by and see them. Uh, and if you can, call them or text them or something and let them know that you are, are thinking about them, all right? So, and again, remember to pray for these uh, that are here. Also, I want, to, want you to remember to pray for Brother Gene Harmon, who's recovering from his cancer surgery as well. I still have not heard anything from Brother David Merlot about his daughter. Uh, I, I can't, uh, you know, I just, I don't know if he's went back to uh, Argentina uh, but it, I, I think if, if something would have been drastically wrong, we would have heard something. So, uh, But please continue to pray for them, and I, I know that they would appreciate that as well. I want you to remember also to continue to pray for our debt retirement. Uh, that's going strong. There will be an update in that. Hopefully this week we're waiting for the uh, bank to send us back some information on that so we can kind of get an accurate account. But hopefully... We'll have that in the bulletin this week as well. So let me encourage you to be a part of that. Yes, ma'am. What's her first name? Okay. Is she in the hospital here in this area? Okay. Pray for Miss uh, Zoe's sister, Christina, okay? She's got stage four cancer. So she's in ICU. So please, let's uh, keep her, her in prayer this evening, too. So special prayer for her, all right? Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Ask the Lord's blessing upon uh, on these, and then also pray for our offering tonight. Lord, we thank you, God, for this day. I am thankful, Lord, that we worship uh, a prayer answering God I'm thankful Lord that uh, God that you don't make any mistakes even when things catch us by surprise Lord we can still uh, rest uh, in the knowledge of knowing that you love us and God that um, that nothing comes our way uh, Lord without your allowing it and I'm thankful for that today and God we come before you praying for these that are on our list for health reasons God there's many we pray for each of these, Lord, some, Lord, more uh, that are you know, serious, Lord, I, and I pray for them. God, uh, those that have cancer, we lift them up in prayer and ask you, God, to be with them. And, Lord, a special prayer for Miss Christina, Lord, that uh, Miss Zoe's sister, that, God, that you'd please be with her. And pray, God, that if it be your will, that you would raise her up, Lord, and, God, that you would strengthen her body. And, God, that you would be with those doctors and nurses as they wait upon her, Lord, and give them wisdom, God, and to do what needs to be done that be best for her. And, uh, Lord, we give you praise for that. Lord, we pray also, God, for, uh, I think of Gary Lund and, Lord, Miss Mary and their help, Lord, for Brother Dennis and Miss Susie and their help, Lord. I lift them up in prayer. And, God, we continue to pray for Miss Erica, who has some tests run this week, God, to see how she's doing with her cancer. And we pray, God, for a, a positive outcome, Lord, for her. And, and uh, God, that you'd continue to strengthen her body as well. Lord, we lift up, uh, Lord, Brother, uh, the Bergmans, God, who also we've added them to our list tonight. Pray, God, that you'd be with them. And, and Lord, we just pray for all of our folks, that God, for Miss Brenda, who's recovering from knee replacement surgery, Lord, for Mrs. Martin, God, who's also recovering from a fall. God, we pray for these, and God, they're part of our family, and and uh, Lord, we pray, God, that you'd have your 
perfect will and each and every uh, one of these that we've mentioned, each and every one of these that's on our list. We pray for our missionaries tonight, Lord. We lift up Brother Merlo and his daughter, God, who's uh, dealing with some uh, issues, Lord, with her the bones in her legs, God, and I, I just pray that you'd be with them, and I know it's difficult for them because uh, Brother Merlo mentioned he's having to go back and forth, God, for uh, the church there in Argentina, so Lord, I pray for him and his wife and family that, God, that you would uh, be with them as well, and then, God, we just pray for Central Park Baptist Church. God, we thank you, Lord, for our people, Lord, and their faithfulness and willingness to give over and above their tithe and offering, Lord, and and God, as they give to Faith Promise Missions, and Lord, as they give to the debt retirement program, Lord, we I'm thankful for that. God, thank you for our people. I pray, God, that you'd help us, Lord, to continue, uh, Lord, as we approach the uh, our missions conference, Lord. We've got missionaries that are coming, and I pray, God, that you'd help us as a people to really get involved in our our Faith Promise Missions conference, Lord, and God, that it'll be well attended, Lord, and that we'll be an encouragement to one another, that we'll also be an encouragement to those missionaries and church planters that are coming. And God, I pray that those preachers, Lord, as they preach to us, and God, that you would uh, move in their hearts and they will preach the messages, God, that we need, Lord, here in this place that might challenge us and encourage us, Lord, to continue in the uh, on the path that you've called us to here at Central Park. Lord, please bless Central Park. God, I pray that you'd raise this ministry up, Lord, and God, that you would add uh, to this church family, Lord, that new members. God, I pray that your hand will be upon us. And God, that when they when that happens, we'll just turn and say thank you, Lord, and, and give you the praise and the glory for it all. God, I pray for this offering. I pray, God, and ask you, Lord, to please bless the gift and the giver. Uh, Lord, I pray that folks will really get involved in your financial plan. Uh, God, it, it's something that, Lord, has been proven by you. And, God, I'm thankful for that today. So bless this offering, Lord. And I'm, I pray that it will be used for the furtherance of the cause of Christ in this place. And we give you praise and glory for it all because it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You have an offering. You please come. one more time we'd like to sing a chorus of hymn 535 hymn 535 every day with Jesus and then we want everyone to greet each other at the conclusion of this chorus every day with Jesus sweeter than the day before sing along
Amen. First Samuel chapter 20. First Samuel chapter 20. That's in the Old Testament. First <laughs> um, Samuel chapter 20. We're going to read just the first three verses, all right? We're, we won't get far, but we'll get far enough, all right? Found your place, amen. And David fled from Naoth in Ramah and came and said before Jonathan, What have I done? What is mine iniquity? And what is in my sin before thy father that he seeketh my life? And he said unto him, God forbid, thou shalt not die. Now behold, my father will do nothing, either great or small, but that he will show it me. Now why should my father hide this thing from me? It's not so. David swore moreover and said, Thy father certainly knoweth that I have found grace in thine eyes. And he saith, Let not Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, there is but a step between me and death. Father, I pray, God, that you'd help us tonight as we continue in our study on the life of King David. I pray, Lord, that we will glean things uh, from the message tonight, Lord, that will help us, uh, God, uh, in our walk with you, but also, Lord, help us, God, and challenge us, uh, Lord, to be better uh, by the end of this day than we were before it started, and Lord, we'll give you praise. Bless the reading of your word in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, it's been a few weeks, so uh, let me kind of start out with just an introduction, if you will. You believe this, amen, that loyalty in life is absolutely essential. Amen. Absolutely. Without loyalty, uh, relationships fall. Uh, without loyalty uh, to a spouse, marriages will fail. Without loyalty to an employer, I mean, both are in trouble. I mean, there needs to be loyalty to a friend. There, there should be loyalty to our country. Um, and loyalty in 1 Samuel 20 is the subject. And as we're going to find out, David is about to realize that he is a fugitive from Saul. And the way he finds out, if you recall, and we're going to get into this, you read a little further, he finds out this by some arrows that are shot by a loyal friend by the name of Jonathan. Jonathan, if you go and read a little head a little bit, he's going to shoot these arrows, and they're going to be a sign to David to notify him of what, you know, the ceaseless attacks on, on David's life. Uh, uh, you know, from Saul. So uh, David's in trouble. And when you read about David, you know that David has suffered a lot, or, and he will suffer a lot before he becomes king. Amen. Uh, he didn't have a, the red carpet treatment to the throne kind of thing. You know, he, he didn't show up out there in his little chariot, and they roll out the red carpet, and he comes out with his scepter and his crown, and and everything's hunky and dory, amen. It, it wasn't hunky and it wasn't dory either one. Uh, it's uh, it's not a silver spoon thing. And and you know, oftentimes I I really believe this today that the reason why some churches get in trouble, I guess you will, or preachers are in trouble, is because uh, they didn't have to do anything to get to where they got. Uh, ministries today, I to me, I personally believe that uh, uh, ministries where uh, they thrive, and, and it, I'm not talking about where it's a, a ministry that's running two or 3,000. I'm not talking about that. I, it, I, I believe Central Park Baptist Church is a good ministry, uh, and, it, and it takes place because of the people. Uh, but I'm here to let you know that, that, that oftentimes, it does, if we're not careful, that the person who stands here in this place, if they haven't gone through some things in their life, they don't know, they don't know how to appreciate what goes on in your life. They are handed a, a silver, and I wrote this, they're handed, it's a silver spoon ministry to them. And it wasn't that way with, with uh, King David whatsoever. He just didn't arrive one day and they put him on the throne. Instead, it was an extremely rough path. It was a path that was filled with a lot of different trials, a lot of different troubles. He suffered as a result. 
but the rough trials then and now, think about this, they provide uh, and create uh, uh, opportunities uh, uh, to create character. Amen. Uh, and they help, I guess, to, that person become a better leader. I think that trials help, if we respond to it in the right way, help us to become a better and a stronger person. Uh, but those who live a life of ease, and I'm trying to read my introduction, those who live a life of ease, however, seldom develop the needed character to overcome trials in their life. There's a lot of people growing up today in this generation that they, they don't know how to handle trials that come in their life. They, they fold up like a cheap shirt. Amen. Um, but when trials do come, we ought not ever look at them uh, only in the negative. But we have a tendency to do that. We have a tendency to look at things only from the negative standpoint. Uh, one thing I told my sisters the other day while we were doing some things over at my mom and dad's, I said, listen, if one thing, if you're not careful, one thing about ministry it does, it, it makes you a skeptic. Amen, Brother Marcos. Uh, and you got to be careful with that. Uh, and we ought not ever look in, at, at difficult times in our life in the negative uh, because they may, uh, they may be some of the most profitable experiences in your life if you, if you look at them in the right way. Uh, I love my mom and dad and dearly, and I, mi- I miss them already. already. But I don't look at the, it, they're going home to be with the Lord in a negative fashion. I'm thankful. Uh, I'm thankful that they're home to be with the Lord. I'm thankful that it was quick, even though it caught us off guard. But I'm still thankful. Uh, I, personally, I would rather it be that way. And, and so I'm, and I, I don't look at that as negative. And, you know, and people... Uh, anyway, I, I look at it as it a, a positive thing. My mama, she couldn't see when my daddy lay in the casket, and she came up, and she couldn't see. Uh, I mean, she has to be this close, and she leaned up over the casket, and, and she got real close. And next thing, I, uh, uh, while I, my, my brother and I was helping her, she began to touch his face and his, and his nose and his ears. And, and listen, she couldn't hardly see, but she knew what he felt like. But I want you to understand, when my mama died, she, she may not have been able to see here or walk very good, but when she took her first, last breath here, she took her first breath in heaven and opened her eyes and beheld the son of the living God that, that saved her soul. And I'm, think, I'm going, man, how awesome is that? And, and we can do the same things in our life that, that we look at, listen, and, and difficulties in our life. We ought not look at them always in the negative. There's something. God has a plan for your life as a child of God. And if we'll look at it that way, there'll always be something positive in it. Amen. Amen. And we can see that in David. Look in verse 20. I mean, excuse me, chapter 20, verse 1. Uh, we see David's fear. It says, And David fled from Naoth and Ramah and came and said before Jonathan, What have I done? That is, what is in my, uh, mine iniquity and what is my sin before thy father that he seeketh my life? Now David's outlook on things is really is beginning to change. Uh, when David, if you notice that word, when he fled, uh, the first time he fled, it was done in faith. And we saw this when we looked at Psalm 59. But this time when he's running off, he's running or fleeing because of fear and because of panic. Because there's two types of fleeing. You know, there's two types of running, if you will. But to the flesh, to the natural eye, they look the same. Are y'all still with me? Say amen. We're talking about David running off. The first time he ran from Saul, it was a good thing. But this time he's running from Saul. It's a bad thing, and I'm going to show you why. But to the natural eye, to this flesh, they, the, the, when we flee, see, there's, uh, there's running in the flesh, uh, and there's also running in the spiritual. But this, to the spiritual eye, to the discerning eye, there's a big difference. And it was wise, now watch this, it was wise for David to flee from Saul when Saul was throwing a javelin at him. 
Amen? Uh, I mean, it was even good to, to, for David to flee from his house when you remember when Saul sent the messengers to assassinate him. It, it was good for him to leave. I mean, they were after him. But now, watch, here in, in chapter 20, David is running from a good situation. Are y'all seeing this? Now watch. He's running from a good situation. Listen, where is he at? He is with the, the godly prophet Samuel in Samuel's house where God has already through, through a miracle protected David from those that have come to kill him. In fact, he's protected him from three groups of people that have showed up to kill him. I mean, so, and here's David. What's he doing? He takes off. He runs. And, when, and, and he's running because fleshly fear has taken control. Listen, when fleshly fear takes control, we do not make good decisions. Are y'all still here? Say amen. amen. The fear of the Lord will provide and produce wise conduct. But the fear of the flesh will always produce unwise conduct. We can all say amen. Now I want you to see this. This is important. Uh, David's running here because of fear. And, and, and if you think about it, we haven't seen him do this up to this point. David has acted pretty courageous up to this point. Uh, up to this point, he's been a man of courage. He's, he's fought a lion. He's, fought, he's killed a bear. He stood up to Goliath. Are y'all, you following me? He stood up to Goliath. He has fought the Philistines. Think about it. He's even played his harp for Saul the second time after Saul has tried to kill him with a javelin. But here he is in verse 1. Now look, and it says, David fled from Naoth in Ramah. It reminds me a little bit of Elijah. Now, we see this because we've got the Bible in our hand. You remember Elijah? He preached and killed all those prophets of Baal. And then one woman by the name of Jezebel comes up to him and says, Well, this time tomorrow, I'm going to have your head. And what's he do? I mean, he is gone. Well, listen, that's what's happening here. God gave Elijah the victory. He's given David victory more than once, and he's proven himself to him uh, while he's there with, with Samuel. But here he is. The flesh has taken over, and he runs. I've had people say, well, preacher, you know, he did so well in the past. This one time's okay. Are you kidding? Listen, now, that's, that is a dangerous way to think. Doing well in the past doesn't give us a... It's okay this time, past for the present. Listen, we must continue. If it was right to do it in the past, then it's still right for us to do it in the present and in the future. But David, he, he's thinking with the flesh, and he takes off. Uh, but notice his fear is primarily a lack of faith. David's faith in God has failed. And it produced fear that inspired him to take off. And you know what, folks? Lack of fear will always produce a lot, or lack of faith will always produce a lot of fear. Yeah. Uh, and this fear always produces bad choices in our conduct. Yeah. Um, in fact, the Bible shows us why David, why his faith failed. And I want you to see, look again in verse 1. Failed, I want you to see, is because he looked at the extremities of his situation. I mean, he could have looked one or two places. He could have looked at his extremity of the situation and what's going over here on the fleshly side. Or he could have looked over here on the faith side and see what God has been doing for him. But David is, is looking at the extremities and, and, and not the miracles that had already taken place. And so when he's talking here in verse 1 with Jonathan, all he could talk about is the negative stuff. I mean, he, didn't, he said nothing about how God had protected him. 
He didn't say anything about that. Look what he's saying. He's talking to Jonathan, and he said, Hey, Jonathan, what have I done? What is mine iniquity, and, and what is my sin uh, before, I mean, that Saul wants to kill me? Woe is me. He's just looking at the negative. In fact, when I thought about this, have you, listen, uh, have you ever talked to people who no matter what you try to say to them in a positive way, they always say something negative back? Amen. I mean, David is, he's, he's in trouble. He's, he's only looking at the negative. And, and by asking these questions, he is implying that Jonathan has went back on his word. Now look, I want you to turn, up, turn back over to 1 Samuel chapter 19. And I'm not going to read these, but I want you to see it. If you remember, in, in chapter 19, verses 1 through 4, Jonathan told David, listen, if there's any attempt that, 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 that Saul's going to make on your life, he said, I will warn you beforehand. And so now, by asking these questions here in verse 1, chapter 20, David is implying that Jonathan has gone back on his word. David's charge is not justified. And I thought, how often have people jumped to conclusions before they have all the information? I mean, people have left churches. Churches have been ruined because, like David, they allow their feelings to affect their decisions rather than the facts. They get half a story because somebody negative over here is just being, you know, they're, well, I don't know. Are y'all still? Well, I'm out. I'm done. See ya. Sayonara, so long. I'm, I'm, wait a minute. That, you see, I can see it here with, with David and Jonathan. Same thing. Uh, uh, Jonathan, David's trying to, uh, his, his, his charge is not justified in, in what he's saying. He doesn't have all the information. David, as we're going to see, he, listen, he's walking by flesh and not by faith. He's walking by sight. And when we're having a bad day, you know, listen, when you're having a bad day, guess what? Every day's bad. Right? I mean, when one person comes against us, guess what? Everybody's against me. Yeah. In fact, turn to Psalm 116, verse 11. You say, man, how? listen, uh, one thing I've all, and I've said this before. I was even talking to Brother Marco about this this afternoon. Uh, when I tell you something, I'm gonna. It's, if I'm standing up here, I'm going to try to do my best to give you Bible for it. And if I can't give you Bible for it, then I'm not going to tell you. Now, we're talking about people not having all the information. The psalmist in Psalm 116, verse 11 said, I said in my haste, all men are liars. Because this one person said something and they lied to me. They said, all of y'all just lying to me. That's what he said, in my haste. Listen, fleshly fear will lead you the wrong direction. Always. Always. Look in verse 2. Jonathan has a little uh, answer for David. And he said unto him, God forbid, thou shalt not die. Behold, my father will do nothing, either great or small, but that he will show it me. And why should my father hide this thing from me? It's not so. Now, Jonathan is telling David that he didn't know anything about what Saul had done. He's saying, listen, I, don't, I didn't know what th that was going on. I mean, and if he had known, then he's telling David, I would have told you. But Jonathan has a higher opinion of Saul than, than Saul deserved. Amen. In fact, if look over in verse 9. His protests show up here in verse 9. It says, and Jonathan said, far be it from thee. For if I knew certainly that evil were determined by my father to come upon thee, then would not I tell it thee? Listen, uh, Jonathan is letting David know, I'm here to tell you that if, if anything was going to happen, he said, I would have told you. And, 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 and so Jonathan, he, he really, he's given Saul the benefit of the doubt, but, but David knows what's going on. David can see it. But listen, but that doesn't justify David acting in, in the flesh and still 
running off. Listen, he should have stayed where he was at. He was in a great situation. God has already proven himself to David. They, they came to, to kill him and to assassinate him, and God took care of that. It's amazing to me how oftentimes that God is blessing, and one little thing happens, and before people get all their information, they want to up and go. Amen. And so we see that David is trying to help Jonathan here, trying to see, but but Jonathan reminds me uh, of a lot of folks sometime who, when the preacher or says something and they don't believe him, they say, nah, that ain't right. <laughs> Are y'all still here? Y'all getting awful quiet. Really? My kids, I'd say, I would say things to them sometime. They go, really? I mean, I'm telling them the truth and they look at me like I'm, and I, and I would always tell them, why would I lie to you? What benefit is it for me to lie to you? How's that going to benefit me at all? And you know, listen, it's the same thing with any of us. We should always tell the truth. It's not, listen, a lie is never justified, ever. Oh, but preach away, man. No, no, never. Don't, we ought not do that, and, and, and we can see this here. But, and, and Jonathan, he, he's listening to, uh, uh, to David, and instead of, of taking a stand on what he's thinking, watches like many, Jonathan willingly, he has a right spirit, uh, and he goes to investigate what David has said. And, and, and that's what we all ought to do. Have you ever been accused, falsely accused of something? Yeah. I was talking to somebody about this today, uh, and, and about being falsely accused. And you know, when and listen, did uh, how many times did those that falsely accuse you ever come back and, and apologize and fess up? I can count. On, I can count about that many times how many of that's happened. And then catch and catch them red-handed, and have and have all the information right here. I mean, written out, and then they, and, and I've had them say, yeah, that's all right. Okay, that's all I need to know. And never one time did they ever say anything about, about being sorry or apologizing for falsely accusing you. Is that happening? Say, I'm going to say amen. Well, we're seeing this. But instead, Jonathan has a right spirit, and he goes back and he investigates what David has said. And, you know, he had, that's the way we ought to always do. Go find out. Amen. Instead of, instead of taking it secondhand information, usually secondhand information is not secondhand information. It's all, by the time it's that, it's probably handed down four or five times. And it's been so skewed that it has no resemblance of the truth whatsoever. Amen. So we're seeing this here. Look in verse 3. Uh, it, let me read that. It says, and David, uh, and David swore moreover and said, Thy father certainly knoweth that I have found grace in thy eyes. And he saith, let not Jonathan know this. He's saying, he's saying, listen, Saul saying, you know, I know what's going on between these two guys, and I'm not going to let I'm not going to let him know what I'm doing. He said, let not Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, there is but a step. Between me and death. David is still bent on being negative. No matter how Jonathan tries to tell David that he had no clue what's going on. He's trying to be positive. David is set on finding something to be negative about. Now watch it. it and I mentioned this a minute ago. No matter how. Have you ever noticed no matter how sunny it might be in somebody's life. They always find something to be gloomy about. Yeah, I mean, always on the negative. David is concerned here that if Saul keeps Jonathan in the dark, then Jonathan will not be able to help David avoid Saul's uh, plots to kill him. So now the question here is this. Who's David putting his faith in? Jonathan or God? I mean, 
How often up to this point already have we seen God intervene on David's behalf? Didn't God, didn't Samuel through the, the, uh, the, the leadership of God Almighty anoint David to be king? How can he so soon forget that? Did he not protect him on how many occasions from the javelin that Saul threw at him, from the, uh, the attempts of when he sent him out to fight the Philistines? God protected him all those times. And now that, that David or Saul has sent the, these messengers or these assassins up to the, to the uh, house of Samuel and, and, and three sets of them, and, and still God protected him from all of those. And, and, and yet now, and, and still David still looking on the bad side. And, and listen, he's, and he had, he's putting more. Now, Jonathan, you got to be sure, and, and you got to be sure to let me know, man. I'm telling you, he, you told me this, and now I'm, I'm really, I've looked at this, and I know Saul trying to kill me. You're going to have to help me out because if you don't tell me, I'm going to be dead. Well, didn't God way back here say, David, you're going to be the next king? I mean, he, he, uh, did, uh, did Samuel lie to him? Did he say, you know, God's going to do his best to get you to the throne? I'm just saying there's a lot of space between here and there, but, I'm, you know, God's going to try his best. He can't listen. God is on the throne. He is omnipotent and sovereign, and he's going to take care. And if God has a plan, then God help us not to always be negative about God's plan in our life. So here's, here's David. He's, he's looking at Jonathan. I mean, and yet he's forgotten what God's done for him. And I thought, how often has God shown himself to you and me and delivered us from problem after problem after problem and delivered us from suffering? And then we turn right back to the flesh. We turn right back to the things of this earth for help and, and we deny God his proper place in our life. Listen, do we trust God or do we not? I mean, do we trust in man or, or do we trust in God? Listen, we've got to come to that place where we put God first in our life. But notice what David said in verse 3. He said, he thought, Jonathan, I'm telling you, there's just a step between me and death. You see how pitiful that sounds? He's just given up pretty much. I mean, more proof, this is just proof that David is lacking in his faith toward God. God said the just shall, yeah. Do we live by faith? Do we trust God? Listen, faith sees the positive, the flesh sees the negative. And David is acting in the strength of this flesh and he's forgotten. You see, faith sees rain as blessings for the crops while the flesh sees the rain as something that messed up their picnic. <laughs> yeah. Faith sees the possible while the flesh sees the impossible. And most often, those who choose to remain negative, those who continue to blame others for their bad choices, listen, there's a lot of people that they, it's because they have stopped putting their faith and trust in God. You know, I talk, I, I've preached sermons on tithing and people say, preacher, I, and, and they go away and they'll say, you know, as um, soon as I get my bills caught up, you know what's happened? They're operating through the flesh and not through faith. They're operating through their own strength and not through the strength of Almighty God. They blame their circumstances. Those who may not come to church, they blame somebody else for not coming. Well, y'all should have seen what Brother Jeff did. I mean, who's he think he is? He sits right down there on the front bench every week. I'd sit down there if he didn't sit there. You follow me? Just whatever, you know. Uh, I would come... I would come to that church if so-and-so wasn't there. I've had people say, yeah, but there's a lot of hypocrites in the church. Yep, but they're a whole lot closer to the Lord than they are. At least they're here and they're still out yonder. You know, I mean, 
Uh, and besides that, I've told folks, listen, that's a sad thing to let a hypocrite get between you and God. I mean, uh, blame someone else. Peter, I was talking, me and Brother Mark, I was talking about this today. Peter got in trouble. You know, God, the Lord said, Peter, you know, before this, before this day's over, you're going to, before that rooster crows, you're going to deny me. I'm not, you can count on me. I'm not going to do that. I'll die with you, Lord. I'm telling No, you can count. Listen, you know what? He's getting all kind of aggravated. Well, and you know what happened? Just like the Lord said. And then, and then Peter had two choices. He could have blamed the Lord and stayed away. Well, Lord told me I was going to do that. I'll just, I, well, I'm not going back. But he didn't do that. He got his heart right, and he went back. He went out and wept bitterly, and then he went back and got his heart right, and he preached, and 3,000 people got saved at Pentecost. You see, our response is our choice. I'm not going to let someone, whether it's here or someone else, dictate to me my relationship with God. And I'm not going to let somebody here that, you know, have you ever been mistreated in church? Some, yeah, I know. You're not going to raise your hand. Anybody ever hurt your feelings here? Yeah. She's still here? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, we can, I'm not going to let somebody keep me from coming here. This is where God wants me. Yeah. And it ought to be the same with you. If, if somebody over here has treated you badly, you know, or something, then, then go, you come over here and, and talk to them and get that right. And then come up here and spend some time at the altar and pray and ask God to help both of you get you get, have a clean heart and a right spirit. Instead of stopping, you know we have a we have a problem with that. Sometimes we just want to quit. We want to leave. Well, old David, listen, he or, or Jonathan, he David got after him, and Jonathan went and got it right. You know, we can always justify what we do if we want. Um, but if you justify sin in your life, listen, when it comes down time for payday, it'll be payday at your expense. Yeah. Jonathan, he's in this place, and him and David, they're at a crossroad in their relationship. And, and they could have split ways right then. But you know, you know what friends do? They talk it out. They get it right. And they just go down the road together. And we're going to see that happen. So here they are. David is accusing, you know, he's, in, he's operating in the flesh. And when we operate in the flesh, we make bad choices. We, sometimes we say things that we ought not say. But if we really want to do the right thing, we'll get it right. And this is what's going to take place between Jonathan and David. They're, they're on the right track. You see, David saw the space between his life and being killed by Saul as a small step. But the reality is it's a crater that nobody would ever get over, not even Saul. God had already, he'd already ordained David to be king. And guess what? We've read, we got it. They didn't know, but we know. Listen, David became king, and Jonathan was his friend. And they got it right. Even though they had a little tough time here, David and Jonathan, they had something wrong. They got it right. And if we can't, if we have trouble in the house of God and our family, listen, we ought to get it right. I've spent a lot of time with my brothers and sisters the last two weeks. And you know, we've had the best time. We, we, had, we have had a good time. I spent the last two days over at my mom and dad's uh, with my two sisters. We've been cleaning up some things, and, and, and we've had a good time. And, you know, when I left yesterday evening late, I thought, you know, I really hated to go. Yep. And it, do we have trouble? Yep. And, and while we were cleaning up, if something happened, I just blamed it on my brother. He wasn't there. That's his fault. <laughs> Amen. But you know what? We loved on one another. We went and ate lunch with one another. I called my other brothers and talked to them on the phone. Listen, uh, that's what families do. 
Yeah, and that's especially what a church family ought to do. You say, was there something going on? You know, we always get our feelers out. Was there something going on in the church? Oh, no, what's happening? Nothing that I know of. I'm the last person to know, but you may know. Maybe you're here tonight, tonight, and there's somebody over here in the middle or on either side. Maybe there's something that you need to go to them and say, hey, you know, if there's something going on, I just want you to know I'm sorry. We be brethren. And we ought to get it right so that we can continue doing what God wants us to do. You know, the one thing that keeps the church from really moving forward is little nitpicky things in the body. You ever got a splinter in your finger? Don't put your hand in your pocket or do something. I mean, and it's like, oh, man, you can't really see it, but you can feel it. Same thing like this. Listen, uh, we may not can see it, but sometimes we can feel it. And, and so we got to get those things straight. So here's what we're going to do. It's 757. I don't know if maybe there's someone that maybe there's somebody you just want to go and tell them that they've been a blessing. That goes right back to my table in my family's house, you know. Say something nice about them before we eat. Before you pick up that fork, you're going to say something nice about your sister. And we would sit sometimes for a long time. But then we would do it. And I'm here today to tell you, it's a, it's a neat thing that my mom and dad had the foresight to have us do that. Can I tell you today, that's what we need to do in the body of Christ. Uh, let's keep things together, amen. And then maybe you just want to go love on somebody and tell them that they've been a blessing. Maybe you want to pray with somebody. I want to encourage you to take that opportunity tonight to do that as we begin to look at the relationship between David and Jonathan. Father, help us, Lord. God, I pray that your hand will be upon us. Lord, I, I don't know really in my heart that none of these things even I even thought about till now. But God, you said that your spirit would bear witness with our spirit. And Lord, maybe there is something. I don't know. Maybe someone just needs to go tell someone else that they've been a blessing and an encouragement to them, Lord. I pray, God, that you'd help us in the next few moments to do that. Maybe there's someone here just want to come and love on you, Lord. You're, you're the reason we're here. Uh, God, you're the reason that we're blessed beyond uh, anything that we've ever dreamed or thought. God, maybe we just need to spend a minute, Lord, loving on you and telling you thank you, Lord, for loving us. So, God, I pray that you just give us a few minutes of invitation time, speak to our hearts, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, and uh, if you want to come pray, come and pray. If you want to come pray with someone, go, uh, go take them by the hand or, or just go to them and tell them you want to come pray with them.